Pushkin. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is Solvable. I'm Ronald Young Jr. Last month, I spoke with Dr. Adrian Keene, a citizen of the Cherokee Nation and notable Native scholar and author. We talked about Native erasure. We covered everything from visibility to land sovereignty to appropriation. But there was one part of our conversation that didn't make it into the episode that I kept returning to when putting together this week's show. If we're thinking about the future and like the climate catastrophe that is coming and everything that is just feels like it's about to come tumbling down around us, indigenous knowledges to me really offer us a pathway forward. We talk about climate change a lot on this show, but not often enough with members of indigenous communities. In fact, indigenous voices and native perspectives are noticeably underrepresented in climate conversations overall on a global scale. But the NDN Collective, an indigenous-led organization based in South Dakota, believes that effective climate policy can only be achieved by considering all communities, perspectives, and solutions. Indigenous peoples across the world are the world's first climate scientists. We were understanding ecosystems and how they worked long before Columbus set foot you know, in the Americas long before there was such a thing as a climate scientist. Jade Begay is the director of the Indian Collective's Climate Justice Campaign and is Navajo and Tusuki Pueblo of New Mexico. Much of her work centers around including Indigenous voices in climate discussions and finding opportunities to employ Indigenous solutions in the fight for our future. I want to see climate policy informed by our people, for our people. We spoke with Jade as she was attending the United Nations Conference of the Parties, or the COP, where thousands of people were gathering to discuss climate solutions. Native and Indigenous practices can be injected into the climate fight 
to solve previously unsolvable problems. Jade, would you consider yourself to be a nature lover? I do consider myself a nature lover. Check my Airbnb profile. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'd rather be in the rural forests and the places with no Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. And yeah, definitely, I'm a horse rider at heart. I'm, I'm a backcountry hiker and skier. That's what I do during my off time to find joy. I grew up playing in the snow and in the mountains with all the aspens. That's where I feel most myself. And I think we become more centered, more grounded, and really can connect with who we truly are when we're in these spaces. So I'm seeing you light up when you're talking about nature. And you mentioned being in it makes you feel more like who you truly are. Tell me more about your identity and how that impacts and inspires the work that you do. Yeah, I believe my tribal identity and my cultural identity is 99.9% of why I do what I do. Definitely growing up traditionally so connected to my language and ceremony has has also been uh, a really huge factor. And a lot of people I've worked with from Indigenous communities, whether that's Indigenous peoples in the Amazon or Indigenous peoples in the Arctic, if they lose their territories, if they have a river that is poisoned by oil or by any other type of pollution, that is a part of their identity. You can't have the health of community and the health of nature be separate. Mm -hmm. And something I would love to see in climate policy that would honor indigenous rights and indigenous cosmology is is the rights of nature. Mm -hmm. Something that we're seeing playing out in places like New Zealand where rivers have rights just like humans have rights. Jade, you gave us an example from New Zealand. What do you think U.S. climate policy might look like when it better reflects and incorporates Native values? Where where should it start? I think it'd be great to see climate policy reflect our demands for land back. Generally, when we're talking about land back as organizing groups, as grassroots organizations, as frontline communities, uh, we're not talking about making people go back, you know, to wherever they came from. But it's really about having sovereignty and having self-determination over lands that were stolen from us and reconnecting and revitalizing culture and land practices so that we can bring the environment, the climate back into a balance. The ability to have self-determination, it covers being able to to practice our cosmologies and to practice our, our ways of life and have the right to be able to do so in the future. Talking about, you know, sovereignty of native lands and you're talking about the land back movement, 
Last month, we talked with Dr. Adrian Keene, and she mentioned that there's indigenous knowledge that could provide a pathway forward, especially when it comes to the impending climate catastrophe. Can you talk through what some of that knowledge is? Yeah, so indigenous peoples across the world are the world's first climate scientists. We were understanding ecosystems and how they worked long before Columbus set foot, you know, in the Americas or long before, you know, there was such a thing as a climate scientist. And so we have this intrinsic and this is, you know, yeah, speaking for people like from my community, but also indigenous peoples all over the world, we have this really old knowledge about how to keep ecosystems in in balance, like whether that's knowing how to have safe burns of woods or forests to ensure that there's a reduced risk of wildfire, whether that's knowing how to create safety barriers on coasts to protect people from erosion and floods. There's all kinds of knowledge that exists out there, and those are real climate solutions, and they need to be invested in, but they also need to be acknowledged in places like here at the COP, where thousands of people are about to get here and discuss, you know, climate solutions. Indigenous knowledge really needs to be upheld in in these types of spaces and also at the level of local and city climate management and building when cities and towns build climate plans or adaptation plans, they need to consider local indigenous knowledge and really make relationships with those people to inform those plans. Do you have any examples of where Indigenous solutions are in place to help fight uh, climate change currently? Yeah, there's so many Indigenous-led solutions. One I'll speak about is a local regenerative economy based on the farming of kelp and the fishing practices in Southeast Alaska. Mm-hmm. And the kelp is is a many-fold, two, three, four-fold solution where it cleans the water mm-hmm. It removes carbon dioxide. It becomes a fuel. It can become a food source. They're building an economy out of that. So creating a a local product that they can sell with the community and provide food to the community. And then with the fishing, they're doing something that they've always done and turning that into a program where they feed their elders and providing jobs. And so it's this whole circular model, but it's addressing all the things, food inequity, job insecurity, climate change. So that that is being led by Native Conservancy and building land trusts and reclaiming land. Mm-hmm. And so those are the types of models that we want to empower and invest in and support. And I'll shout out my team at Expedition Studios, where my dear friend and colleague and I are working on a film called Sol y Cielo, which translate to Salt and Sky. And this film is about lithium mining in Chile. And so this is another climate story about how as we're building the renewable economy here in the global north and all over the world, 
all of those solar panels, all of those wind turbines, electric cars, et cetera, et cetera. They need lithium, they need minerals for the batteries. But where where does that come from? Indigenous lands. So again, we're creating this other, you know, this other dynamic of consuming and taking too much than what a community or the earth can handle. And how do we deal with that? Part of the problem of pushing for policy change is that there's a tendency to try to solve many nuanced issues with one federal bill. Um, Is there a strategy for addressing the ways in which different communities are affected by climate change with a more tailored approach? Yeah, so I think a lot of climate and environmental justice groups are already saying one size does not fit all. With my role in the WEJAC, the White House Environmental Justice Advisory Council, I'm actually fairly impressed by the diversity of people on that advisory council to do to do just this. We have to pressure within the EPA, within you know the White House climate team, the Army Corps of Engineers, etc., who make who make these decisions um, that impact our community. We have to create indicators for them to get the capacity to understand the nuances of all these different communities. And it's not just with, you know, solutions building. It's also about investment. And my team at Indian Collective, we wrote a memo on this this past summer. We knew that the infrastructure package was coming down the line. And one big capacity gap in small communities or rural communities and and tribes, for example, is capacity to distribute funding equitably. And so something that we're doing now is advising these groups, um, these agencies to also invest in capacity so that when these communities receive all this funding, it can flow and, and not just flow in one zone, but flow across the community in an equitable way. As listeners to this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Before NerdWallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hello, hello. Malcolm Gladwell here from Revisionist History, my podcast about the overlooked and the misunderstood. A couple of years ago, I wrote a book called Outliers. It was about exceptional people, the ones who operate at the outer edges of human performance. Outliers fascinate me. And last year, I discovered an outlier in the form of a community organization, Washington State's City of Bellevue. The city wanted to improve public safety by making their roads safer, 
So they created something that no one had ever built before, a platform that gave road users warnings of any dangers ahead in real time. How did they build it? By using a combination of technologies, the cellular vehicle to everything network, T-Mobile's 5G network, and 5G connected cameras. People driving, bicycling, walking, running, can't forget people running, and people operating the transportation network now had a way to prevent crashes. It's been a huge success. The city of Bellevue earned first place in the community category at the T-Mobile for Business Unconventional Awards, an event that celebrates T-Mobile customers who've dared to innovate for the sake of meaningful change. If you're a T-Mobile for Business customer and your team has, like the city of Bellevue, innovated something really, really cool, I encourage you to enter. It's also a great way for outliers to be recognized in front of your industry's most influential leaders. You can enter at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. That's tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. This is your chance to reignite some old musical passions or pick up an instrument for the first time. Connect with more than 100 of the world's best teachers and musicians. You'll get seven days totally free to try it out. And then it's just $30 a month, less than a single private lesson. I mean, why do we do Broken Record? Not just because we love hearing from great musicians. We do it because we think that there is something beautiful about the appreciation of music. Don't you think we need more of that in our lives these days? That's the mission of Musora, to inspire, educate, and connect musicians. Enjoy unlimited personal support, weekly live streams, student lesson plans. It's like having a personal music teacher, only much, much better. Just go to musora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com, to start a new musical journey today. So I'm I'm pretty passionate about race, and I think that's come through on the show uh, in more than one episode. But I think one thing that I don't think about as often is issues of environmental justice. How does the fight for racial equity intersect with your work to craft climate policy? Racial equity is climate justice, and and climate justice is racial equity. So climate policy could include practical ideas of decolonization, taking into account things like truth reconciliation and reparations. You know, those types of practices on the city council level, at the state level, at the national level, really do have impacts that, you know, are are really connected to like racial equity. Uh, you know, when we are able to claim land back or reclaim our lands, in some cases, yes, maybe there is like conservation models happening where we're protecting land or protecting sacred sites. But in other cases, developing land so that we can welcome our relatives who have had to move because of climate impacts. We're really thinking about where we're headed and these are the realities and we're really trying to prepare for all of the challenges. 
you're on the Environmental Justice Advisory Council. So you're actually in there doing the work. What's it like working within that political system, knowing that it's a system that in the past has been oppressive towards Native and Indigenous folks? What does that look like working in that system in order to actually create the type of change that you need? Working in the system, it's been challenging. It's been frustrating. Uh, but all with the nuance that we've made a lot of progress. Deb Halland is the Secretary of Interior and managing a department that oversees the BIA, the Bureau of Indian Affairs. Mm-hmm. And never before has an Indigenous person held that role. Now we have an Indigenous person making decisions about a department that really impacts our people and our tribes. So I I feel a lot more comfortable working within a system that has made that type of progress. I'm also seeing grassroots leaders such as myself in these types of roles, advising, giving guidance, helping these agencies navigate um, really the changing landscape when we're talking about what equity means, when we talk about what justice means, and really from a foundational place of wanting to dismantle white supremacy within these systems. Mm-hmm. I also see grassroots leaders holding roles in the Department of Indian Energy, for example. My clan sister, Wahela Johns, salt of the earth organizer from Navajo Nation, who has worked so hard for her people to transition from coal energy to renewable energy is now leading that department. So I think it's all to say that it's always going to be frustrating working within these systems until we've really changed them, until we've achieved our big movement goals of systems change. But the progress that we've made, especially considering the last four years, it's really huge. And I, I, I urge people all the time that I work with, that I speak to, that follow me on social media to not take that for granted. Knowing that in the, in the next four years, we could have a different president who has a different agenda. How do you plan to keep this agenda moving forward uh, despite ever-changing political landscape? Oof, Ronald, this is a, a vast and nuanced question. We won the 2020 election by a hair, you know, it was mm-hmm. so close. And so we need to be working in better relationship now and through next year in in the lead up to uh, the next presidential election. If we continue to play this kind of, you know, woke police against each other and shut each other down because we're not, you know, the perfect model of of equity or justice, then we're really going to continue to stay divided and and see our progressive movements separate and and diverge. You know what I'm not seeing is the other side separate in the way that we are, and that really concerns me. Where can listeners learn more about the causes that you're focused on? Are there films, books, anything like that? Yeah, yeah. So our handles are all the same on all the platforms, NDN Collective. And then my entire undergrad, I was 
watching documentaries and learning about people. A lot of these stories were about the environment. And one documentary that impacted me the most, I think, to move in into this direction was the documentary Chasing Ice, which is about the rate at which glaciers are melting and that advocates for climate justice. The film is by Jeff Orlowski, who I can now call a really dear and close friend um, and colleague. Jay, thank you so much for being with us today. We learned so much. Thank you. It's an honor to speak with you. Jay Begay is the Indie In Collective's Climate Justice Campaign Director. She is Navajo and Tasuki Pueblo. She has a Master of Arts degree in Environmental Leadership and is part of President Biden's White House Environmental Justice Advisory Council. You can find a link to the Indian Collective and to Jade's film, Sal y Cielo, in our show notes. Solvable is produced by Jocelyn Frank. Research by David Ja. Booking by Lisa Dunn. Our managing producer is Sasha Mathias, and our executive producer is Mia LaBelle. I'm Ronald Young Jr. Thanks for listening. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you, and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 website for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.